You're listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast, where the leadership team of Gospel Hope Church discusses how the Bible transforms our beliefs, actions, and impacts our relationship with God and with others. Well, hey, Gospel Hope. Uh, Here we are with another episode of the Reconciling Hope Podcast, and I'm excited to kind of dive into today's topic and our text. So we're continuing our series here through the book of First Thessalonians. And yesterday, Rod delivered to us a message about really a, a biblical theology of work or a Christian work ethic, what the Bible says about that. So thanks for that, Rod. Appreciate that good word. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's often this kind of real um, separateness that we often think about as like, Hey, we we worship the Lord on 11 a.m. on Sundays, and then we work the rest of the week. But but Rod, you really challenged that idea, and I think biblically so, and, and said something to this effect in the message: mankind's view of work also shows his view of worship. So you want to unpack that a little bit? How is our work life an expression of worship to the Lord? Yeah. So again, kind of starting with the problem and then moving forward, because we've been allowed to compartmentalize our faith life from other categories, we've also kind of diminished the definition of worship to the first three or four songs we did, we sing at a church service. We view that as worship or listening to uh, a favorite artist in the car and singing along. Though we have limited and compartmentalized worship to active singing, mm-hmm. when the reality is looking from a biblical perspective, things that we do to uplift and magnify the name of the Lord are also worship. And so in the workplace, number one, for starters, we are recognizing that God is a provider. He provides work. I mean, unemployment is real and it is a real hardship in our culture. Um, so that's that's so seeing God as a provider. Um, it goes without saying that once we begin work, we find ourselves having to solve certain problems. Or to and some of those problems are people oriented. Some of those problems are uh, just the nature of our work. Whether you're a school teacher or a police officer, and so you you find yourself regularly encountering various authority structures. And so the workplace becomes a great crucible to also worship the Lord for His sovereignty, because there are oftentimes decisions and things uh, that are out of your hands, and you begin to immediately recognize that wow. Um, I'm not in total control here. So even a reflection of God as a father and we being dependent on him because we have gotten into a situation that's bigger than us. I think work regularly invites us into worship in that way. Uh, Whether you are a new college grad entering the workforce and you've got all kinds of butterflies or you are a seasoned professional, I believe that the Lord calls us regularly to recognize our dependency in the workplace. So there's just always sufficient opportunity to see God in some of these attributes that we covered in our kind of knowing God series. Mm-hmm. So Rod, you, you worked in, in the corporate work environment for, you know, almost a couple of decades there. Mm-hmm. And um, d- did this concept that work is worship, mm-hmm. did that shape the way you went into work every morning and checked out every night? Like what, how did that practically impact your day to day? Yeah. Yeah. So as I mentioned and alluded to, in in one part of the message, there was a season when I was thinking of the work that I did in the secular marketplace as being not as meaningful, secondary, and even 
on a lower tier than the work that I was involved in on Sunday mornings or, or in other aspects of ministry. And so one of the first ways that this idea impacted me was to restore my view that God had provided this. And therefore, regardless of whose name is on top of the building, whether it was a cross or not, mm-hmm. um, that I should be bringing my best as an expression of worship to the Lord. That was one of the first awarenesses is, is not to be wasteful of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Number two, the Lord uh, created these encounters where I was always either reporting to or working with someone. All people need the gospel, but I'm talking about uh, unbelievers of a very particular ilk that really sharpened my skills as an apologist. Mm-hmm. And I just began to see the workplace as even a classroom of development where the Lord was working out my sanctification. And it was in a way that I would not have gained just in the pulpit alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third, there were some really challenging seasons that I look back on today in my journals and wow, uh, I mean, things that left me, why well, I would come into the office, close the door behind me and get on my face before the Lord and cry out to him for help. Uh, and there were other times I'd get on my face and shout because of how he had helped. Mm-hmm. And so the workplace for me was this incredible crucible of just development for me as a man of God and uh, as a child of God and as a father, these things that I could just jettison into the life of my family when they would say, well, how did work go today? I was like, oh, boy, are you sure you want to ask? Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, yeah. Well, I, I'd love to, uh, this is a little bit of a detour from where we're going, but um, I'd love for you to share a little bit, just kind of a, a little bit of your personal story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we started Gospel Hope, one of the things that we prayed was, Lord, if you would make it possible for, for Rod to come on uh, full time, mm-hmm. we would sure be thankful for that. And we kind of had a trajectory, but the Lord just kind of radically blew that up. He brought about some situations and some opportunities mm-hmm. to allow us to bring you on much quicker full-time at Gospel Hope than, than we thought. Um, mm-hmm. Was that a bittersweet moment for you to walk away from the job? What was going on from your heart about mm-hmm. walking away from a company that you you enjoyed working for yeah. and stepping into quote-unquote full-time ministry? Um, was that hard? What's the What's the pros and cons of that? It, the man, I I don't know if I'd use the word hard. Was there tension? Absolutely. Um, so you know, having worked at that one place for eighteen years, uh, the company was only thirty four years old. Uh, so I was a major part of its uh, some aspects of its of its not. I didn't cause it to exist. That, that'd be very that I'm, that's that's hubris. But 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 here's just some of the things that I felt as. Um, a major part of my uh, identity began to uh, uh, be associated with the job. There was a constant fight because I had resolved in my heart that maybe full-time wasn't ministry wasn't going to happen. And so, Hey, I'm just going to put my shoulder to the wheel here. And, and, and then I would continue to do ministry after I retired. And so the way retirement was framed in that particular organization, the way you want to do it is you want to get to a certain level where you have a certain amount of stock in the organization. And as I began to press toward that, Objective, you know, I got promoted uh, right around the time that we started Gospel Hope Church, and I was like, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to do this for another five years or so, and 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 kind of golden parachute my way out." And the Lord actually rebuked me um, and told me that I was being an idolater, that I was uh, putting too many of my chips uh, on the 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 institution, the job's ability to provide for me, than I was for Him to provide for me. Um, and, and then as he began to make that clear, 
uh, there were some circumstances where in my 18-year career, I'd always been at the top of my game in many regards. And there was this season where I was, when we talk about being on the face before the Lord, this was one of them, where I, um, um, I mean, really just, we hit some serious economic headwinds in our industry. And uh, I mean, and it flattened me to a place where I was like, okay, Lord, it's yours. The job and everything about it, it's absolutely yours. And the Lord, and I, I told the Lord, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to let you have this and to let it go if this is your way of telling me that I've held on to this too tightly. And uh, I was prepared to turn in my notice and, and give up everything, you know, all of that. And uh, the moment that I made that commitment, the Lord caused our business to, to, to take off, <laughs> which was interesting because uh, there was a great temptation to stay. But I prayed with a group of brothers and sisters in the workplace and said, I don't want to be tempted to stay regardless of how good things get and start moving on a trajectory to, to make our uh, vocational home um, at Gospel Hope. And I, I'm shortening the story a bit because of time here, but... Um, the tension around that was in the how. I'm gonna tell you one of the greatest, when you talk about the bittersweet, I never wanted to leave the place that God had blessed me to work in a way that did damage to the people uh, or the organization. Because while they were secular, I still viewed it as something that the Lord had provided. And I wanted my exit to be honorable. And I wanted the people whose careers were attached to me and dependent on me in any way, I wanted, I didn't want my departure to interrupt their progress in any way. And so um, that was critical for me to leave, not just with a good reputation, but to not put people in undue duress uh, in the way that I departed. And so those were some of the major chances for me. Um, so, yeah. That's great. That's great. And, and I know that, um, the Lord honored that. And I think partially just because you were having a, trying to walk in wisdom as you, as you exited there and we're sure grateful to have you at gospel hope. I mean, it's been a blessing to allow you to fully devote yourself to kind of uh, the work of the ministry here. So, um, you know, why in this particularly current cultural moment, um, why is it really important for Christians to have a biblical view? Of I think it's important because, um, there are uh, many uh, competing forces in capitalism for our allegiance. Mm -hmm. um, and one of those competing forces I alluded to in the message, and that is we can begin to identify ourselves with what we do. I mean, our jobs occupy a significant portion of our, our daily life. Um, you know, to some extent, we would say it dictates what we're able to do, where we're able to live and how we're able to live. Mm -hmm. And with a force that powerful, something has to keep it in check. Our jobs cannot be allowed to be the biggest thing in our lives. And so it is viewing my work as worship, putting God always at the top, viewing him as the provider and me as the steward of what he's provided, and that my identity is in him. I think it prevents us from uh, false senses of, uh, uh, of arrival, right? Pride. It also prevents us from something that's very pervasive in our culture, and that is um, depression, right? The midlife, the, the, the midlife crisis, the feeling defeated or down because, oh, I'm a late bloomer or a late starter. I didn't, you know, I haven't accomplished what I wanted to in this life by this time in my life. All of those feelings that produce a lot of anxiety for many people in the workplace, I believe one, I, I think a major antidote can be you are not here because of yourself exclusively. 
and what you accomplish here. And the here I'm referring to, that place is the job. Uh, this is not all that God is doing with your life. And so this this clock or this calendar or this schedule that we have ourselves on for accomplishing certain things, it is, it is the spirit of the Lord, I believe, that helps us to say, let me put that clock in perspective. Do have goals, but don't let the goals have you. And I think that's why a biblical perspective on work is to is is there to help. I kept using that word firewall us off from those kinds of feelings that can really put us um, uh, at a disadvantage in our in our faith and, and even our emotional health. Yeah, that's good. So work is a blessing, but it's fraught with some temptations and we, we need a biblical view of it to navigate mm -hmm. that well. That's good yeah. work. Um, so at Gospel Hope, we talk about, hey, we want to help people grow in their relationship with the Lord, gospel, mm -hmm. the relationship with one another, family, and the relationship with the world, mission. Mm -hmm. As you thought about developing a, a biblical view of work and this message in particular, which of those relationships did you most have in mind? Man, growing in my relationship with the world. I mean, I, I you know, I talked early on about in my career where once that light bulb went off, uh, man, viewing the people that I reported to and in various places as being needy of the gospel, uh, it being my mission field. So growing in my relationship with the world, uh, the workplace gave me some connectivity with people in the world that gave me such valuable insight into being more compassionate about the plight of sinners, mm. uh, being more humble about my own uh, sin and plight. And so growing in my relationship with the world there, uh, and knowing how to grow in relationship with the world without becoming the world, mm. that was that was significant. And then, of course, growing in my knowledge of the gospel, because uh, mm. I'm not just becoming friendly with people. I'm also trying to share my faith. And so I had to grow in creative ways to share my faith that could anchor itself in some of the common language that we used on the job. And that was a great yeah. exercise in um uh, uh in disciple making and that's even what the passage says there that it says work in this way why so that you'll have a you'll relate properly to outsiders so right. yeah I, I thought your statement every field is a mission field was a was a very succinct way of helping us think about that yeah. um and then a question that we always ask on on our podcast here is this how does this text mm -hmm. how does the concept of work and a biblical understanding of work point us to the reconciling hope that's available in Jesus. How, how would you answer that question? Yeah, um, you know, how to effectively respond to, as the, as the text put it, outsiders, mm -hmm. and at the same time, um, effectively and honestly respond to the Lord. That's that vertical and horizontal tension. Mm -hmm. It is a tension that I don't believe any of us are equipped to manage minus God's supernatural engagement through the power of the gospel, not just for our conversion, mm -hmm. but for our ongoing kind of matriculation in the workplace, right? We need constant examples of Christ uh, coming in and sometimes I'm being totally submissive to the Father, even though he could be equal with the Father. Think about all the scenarios, you know, in the workplace where you probably feel equally as qualified as the person that you're reporting to, mm -hmm. you know, and how does that mean? How does that uh, help our attitude. And so we reconcile the workplace tensions uh, through reflecting on the great example of Christ on the cross, fully and beautifully qualified, but still seeing the opportunity to serve.
mm-hmm. um, not allowing position to get in the way of mission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus could have crushed all of his opponents, but there are many, so many times that he was like, well, that's, that's not the battle right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to win in a way that honors the Lord, not win in a way that just makes me popular. Mm-hmm. All of those tensions are felt in the American workplace mm-hmm. um, uh, or, or any workplace for that matter. Um, so, so that's where I feel like the gospel helps us to unify both the relationship with those above us and the relationships with those um, that are our peers or even quote unquote that we report to or that are below us. I don't like that word, but yeah, yeah that's great. That's great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in Colossians, it says that, that Christ, you know, will eventually reconcile all things to himself. Mm-hmm. I think that includes our work. Like he will make work right in the end. You, you mentioned in the message that you know, work predates the fall. Yes. If the fall made it hard. Um, it brought thorns and thistles into it. So, mm-hmm. you know, in my opinion, I think we will work in heaven. Um, mm-hmm. It just won't be the type of work, the hard sweat of our brow work that we right. have now. And and Jesus will reconcile all things, including our work to ourselves. Let me, let me just close with um, this, Rod. Um, what would be your encouragement, just like in a sentence, Mm-hmm. What would you say to a person who's in the secular workforce, you know, a non-Christian organization, but really desiring to honor God with the way that they work? What would be your kind of sentence word of counsel to them? Man, a sentence. That's that's really hard for me. Uh, <laughs> a phrase like, just do it. <laughs> and I know that's not original, but but here's where I think we get hung up. We look for this beautiful and elaborate scheme or strategy for um, for for being a good steward. And I've just said, just do it. Just right where you are. There is something beautiful about, I call it the momentum of obedience. If you will obey God at your desk, in your reports, in your meetings, if you will obey God, obedience creates the next opportunity to see God work. And before you know it, you're on this trajectory that you couldn't car- chart for yourself of just being in these platforms where you can obey God, obey God. It's 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 not rocket science. Even if you are a rocket scientist, it's so it's, <laughs> it's simpler than that. Just obey God with what you have and where you're at. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a great word. So thanks so much, Gospel Hope. Uh, I hope this has been encouraging you to view your work as worship. Thanks, Rod, for the message and, and even this debrief time. I, I pray that all that are listening are are sharpened here today. I hope to see you next week on the Reconciling Hope Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future content on podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Gospel Hope Church is located in Atlanta, Georgia, with the mission of making disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. If you're interested in learning more, tune into our Facebook Live services Sundays at 11 a.m., or check out gospelhopechurch.com.